0: Greetings, Team Majulam, Karibuni Sanatana, to the fifth episode of the Daniel series. I hope this series has been a blessing to you as much as it has been to me. Now today we will be looking at Daniel chapter two. Um, yeah, we haven't discussed Daniel chapter two. Just kind of talked about it last week a little bit but today we want to just kind of get into Daniel chapter 2 and to see what we can learn from this chapter now again because what we do here is the Bible study senior so what I'm going to have you do is I want you at this point in time again to pause the video and I want you to go and read Daniel chapter 2 Right, Go and read Daniel chapter 2. So pause the video. Do not continue this video until you have read Daniel chapter 2. Pause the video now and go read. Alright. Welcome back. Welcome back. Now, what you just read in Daniel chapter 2, there's an extraordinary situation that happens in Daniel chapter 2. The king Nebuchadnezzar has a troubling dream. right? And what he did is that he called all the... People who typically should be able to solve the mystery for the king so he called all the wise guys all the magicians all the soothsayers all the people he calls them and he's just like y'all should be able to do this for me since the Indio Kazienu Indio Kazienu you should be able to do this for me right and what he did is that he had a dream that needed to be interpreted but so as to be sure that he would get the right interpretation he tells the guys he tells them in fact I'm not even going to tell you my dream. I want you to tell me what the dream is. And then on top of that, I want you to interpret the dream. That way I will know that you are legit and that you know what it is that you're talking about, that you wouldn't be able to lie to me and give me stories about what this dream means. And the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and the astrologers, they tell this king that, my guy, the thing you're asking for is impossible. I mean, surely who... Who can possibly do such a thing? How can they, who can tell you what your dream is and then also interpret it? Aren't you the one who had the dream? And literally what they say to the king is that there is no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. Has never asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among, among humans. Ha <laughs> And so what we see here is that there is a very difficult situation that has been presented in this chapter that we just read. And so what the king does is that he gets pissed and he decides that he's going to kill every wise guy, <laughs> every, every wise guy, every enchanter, every magician, every astrologer, malise all of them. In fact, get rid of all these guys in the kingdom, right? Now, unfortunately, this Daniel and his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell within the category of the wise guys, the wise men, Right? So meaning that them, just because they had such incredible knowledge, like we read in the in the in, preview, in fact, we're going to read it just now in chapter 1. They had incredible knowledge. In fact, let's read it now, before we get into the reaction that Daniel had after the king uh, decides that he's going to kill every wise guy. right? It says in uh, chapter 1, from verse 17 to 20, so now we're going to chapter 1. It says, To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked to them and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them. He found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And so this is part of the reason why Daniel and his friends fall under this category of these guys, because God had given them, like it says here, incredible knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. Which is what these guys, the magicians, well, he ended the same school. Okay, But the king found these guys to be 10 times better. Now, listen, this is the time when these guys are teenagers, right? So, first and foremost, God gives this young man knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. This ability came from God. To the extent that they were found 10 times better than the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. Not the the other guys who are in the class. Remember these guys who have been training for three years. These are teenagers. What the king, what's being said here is that these guys who had just left training were ten times better, not more than the other guys in their class, ten times better then all the magicians and enchanters in the whole kingdom, meaning even those who were even more experienced, people who had years and years of experience, they were found to be 10 times better. And this came from God. This ability came from God. My goodness. Whew. Now, included in that gift from God was a special gift for Daniel. So these young men were given the knowledge and understanding of all language and literature. But then, for Daniel specifically, he was given the ability to understand visions and dreams of all kinds. This was a special gift from God. But we aren't told, at least by the time this second chapter is happening, we aren't told if Daniel knew that he had this gift. right? And maybe there had been no situations that had presented themselves for him to recognize that he had that gift, right? So, he has this gift, he has this ability that has been given to him by God, but we do not see him having the knowledge of that gift. At least the scriptures are not explicit in letting us know that. And so, when we enter into now chapter 2, what we see in a very little sense, is that this gift that God had given him, that is mentioned in chapter 1, we see this gift unraveling in chapter 2. This gift that Daniel has been given that he doesn't even know that he has. right? And now, in this situation, where all the lives of all the wise men, and all the enchanters, and all the magicians, and all these guys has been threatened, Daniel hears of this decree that happens. He hears of it, and he's wondering, why was the king so harsh? in giving out such a decree that has also put our lives at risk. And this is his reaction. The first thing he does, we don't know if he knows that he has the ability to to, to interpret dreams, but the first thing that Daniel does is that he goes to the king and he says to the king, give me some time so that I may be able to interpret your dream." And at this point in time, the only thing that we can assume was that this was an incredible act of faith. Because Daniel, at this point in time, we don't know. He, he, in fact, his reaction, the way he goes to his friends, it's like, Meh. I don't know if he knew he had this ability to do this. But he's, he's, his whole thing is, he's like, give me some time. Some time to do what? Right? we don't know if he has if he knows he has this gift to interpret dreams and so he asked for some time to interpret the dreams. and he goes and what he does is that he goes to his friends shadrach Meshach, and abednego and he asks them to pray and it says specifically then daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends hananiah mishael and Azariah. this is after the guy has gone and he's made a commitment he's just like i've made this commitment i've told the king give me some time And we will interpret your dream. It says here, Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from God, from the God of heaven, concerning this mystery, so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men in Babylon. And that night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel. There are so many things we can learn from this story. And I want to mention just three of them, three things that I want us to learn from this story. And the first and foremost part that I want us to be able to look at is to first and foremost recognize that God, that the God we serve, is sovereign over the affairs of men. That God is sovereign over the affairs of men. The first thing that we need to recognize here is to remember how this whole saga begins. This saga begins by the king getting a dream. And what we know is that this dream came from God. Because when Daniel is responding to the king, he says to him, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he has shown... King Nebuchadnezzar, what will happen in days to come. And so what happens here is it was God showing the king what will happen in the future. And so what we find is that this whole situation begins with God. Friends, God is sovereign over the affairs of men. You know, one thing that the scripture tells us is that authority comes from God. This is a very sobering thought to consider when we think of all the leaders, (laughs) the good leaders, bad leaders, and especially the bad ones. That to realize that our God is sovereign over the affairs of men. And so though King Nebuchadnezzar, as king of Babylon, may not have acknowledged the living God, the authority that he was exercising came from God. Romans 13 from verse 1 to 2 says, let everyone be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. This is the reason why we have every single right To go and stacky and tell on leaders to God because their authority ultimately comes from God. That's why we can go and we pray to God regarding any type of leader because that governing authority comes from God. God knows how to go to talk to a leader. The same way that the guy came and he spoke to King Nebuchadnezzar who did not even acknowledge him. Can you imagine, even when you think about like, the, 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 the amount of uh, prof- prophetic words that were spoken in Jeremiah about King Nebuchadnezzar and how he was literally a tool that God would use, like this guy was being used by God and he didn't even acknowledge God. But the fundamental thing is that the authority that he was exercising came from God. So God knows how to talk to leaders and how to sort them, uh, sort them out. He is the appointing authority. So when we are dissatisfied with our leaders, our response ought to be to go to talk to God about it. God here is speaking to the king, but the means through which he's speaking to him, there's only one man who can interpret it. And it just so happens that that one person who can interpret this thing, God has already implanted inside The guy who has the ability to to interpret what the king is dreaming has already been implanted. Daniel has already been implanted into the government. Not by man, but by God himself. He was a sent one. And he didn't even himself know that he had this ability to be able to interpret dreams. But the guy has been implanted into this place. And so God, who had an agenda... For Judah and for Babylon, intentionally implant someone into Babylon's government that can channel God's wisdom to the king so that he can govern well. My friends, God is sovereign over the affairs of men. You know, over the years, as I have been praying for this country, and we talked about this like last week, where, you know, there's a call to prayer in terms of us being able to pray for this country, and it was just a call that that we put out and the thing that I have realized as I've spent time praying for this country that one of the things that God has revealed to me time and time again is that he has implanted Daniels, Shadrachs, Meshachs and Abednego's in government and so what God did was he shifted my focus from this whole like anguish of like oh my gosh everything is so wrong the government, everyone's so corrupt, so bad, to now praying for those that God has implanted in government that they may not lose heart, that they may be encouraged, that they may be uplifted, that they may be strengthened. Because just like Daniel, Meshach, and Abednego, the same people that God has implanted in government face burning furnaces. They face lion's dens. They face all kinds of opposition. Because of their commitment to God, but I can assure you that God, and there are actually people that I know, that God has literally implanted in government Daniels, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednegoes Who have not bent their knee to corruption, who have not bent their knee To injustice and so, what he, so, so because of this, God has now led me to a place to pray for those people who are in government. That not only would they find strength, but also that their influence would grow. But to also pray that God would send more Daniels, more Meshachs, more Bednegos into government to be able to, uh, to have even more impact in how things are run. Because you realize in this whole space that's happening here in Babylon, Literally, these four men are the reason why so much is happening, and that literally it didn't take like for the whole place to be transformed, it just took these four guys for God to be able to do something new in that space. And so, now I pray that God would strengthen the Daniels, that God would, 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 would implant more Daniels, that He would put more people who He'd stir more people up who would be able to go in and boldly take up those positions within government or within elective office, and they would be bold enough to go and do those things. Because th- literally, literally, God has implanted these people who have not bent their knee to corruption and injustice and who legitimately work with integrity and are probably, and, and in fact, I believe are the reason why there's things in this country that work is because of the Daniels, the Mishaks, and the Abednegoes that God has implanted into government. Amen? That their influence would grow at, at, as, as they are in, in government. Right? And here's the thing. Fundamentally, what I want you to realize is that God is sovereign over the affairs of men. That even now, when we come and we ask to pray, like literally, we can pray. We can go and pray for those in authority. Why? Because their authority comes from God. 1 Timothy 2 2 says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, and all those in authority. Why? That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. This is why when he asks us to pray for our country, it is essentially for our own good. Listen, the reality is this, is that part of the reason when last week we were talking about praying, about that no violence will happen, that all the schemes and plans would not succeed, is because, my friend, when there is violence or instability in a country, this thing affects everybody. Whether you are a believer or non-believer, it doesn't matter. These things affect everybody. Whenever there's poor policy making, it will affect everyone whether you believe in Jesus or you don't. It will affect every single person. This is why, in fact, it's so interesting. This is why if you look at now even in Jeremiah 29, where 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 this is the the, the letter to the to the exiles who are going into Babylon, where literally God says to them, "Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So the thing is, is that understanding that the reason why we pray for all those who are governing authority is because that authority comes from God. But also it is for our own good because when we have People who have good policies, it affects all of us, including us who believe. Amen? And the thing is that we have the ability to go to God and talk to him about earthly authority. And he will fix it. He literally says it, pray, pray to the Lord for it. He will fix it. He will fix it. And this is the reason why we believe that we can pray for this country and God will change it. That God will awaken all the Daniels and all the Meshachs and all the Abednego that he has already implanted within government. That they will rise up and begin to exercise the authority that God has given them in Jesus' holy name. And so the thing is, the first thing is to realize that God is the author of this whole situation that's happening here in Daniel 2. He speaks to the king and the only person who has the ability to interpret it is Daniel. Which leads me to my second um, thing that we can learn from this story. That God, who is the author of this seemingly impossible situation, literally uses this situation to direct Daniel in discovering and exercising his gift. It was this very gift that literally time and time again brought him before the king (laughs) to continually solve difficult problems. And through him exercising his gift, many people's lives were saved that day and beyond. The thing is to recognize that we, who have put our faith in Christ Jesus, we have all been given a gift by God. And there are times where he will put us in situations to bring out that gift. 1 Corinthians 12 from verse 1 to 3 says, Brothers and sisters, I want you to know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know that at one time you were unbelievers. You were somehow drawn away to worship statues of gods that couldn't even speak. So I want you to know that no one who is speaking with the help of God's Spirit says, May Jesus be accursed. And without the help of the Holy Spirit, no one can say Jesus is Lord. The Holy Spirit is given to each of us in a special way. That is for the good of all. All the gifts are produced by one and the same Spirit. He gives gifts to each person just as he decides. As believers in Christ Jesus, we have all been given a gift. Daniel's gift was understanding visions and dreams of all kinds. And his gift is what led him to constantly not only be presented before kings and to solve difficult problems that would save many lives, meaning that his gift was for the good of all. But on top of that, his gift was also the thing that kept getting him promoted. (laughs) Like It's like as soon as he'd exercise his gift, the king would just be like, lavish gifts upon him. By him exercising his gift. So we'll see this even as you read the book of Daniel. And I hope you'll read the book of Daniel as, you know, as we're studying it. Is that you'll see that there are times even later where literally Daniel continues to interpret dreams and visions for the king. Dreams and visions for the king. And every single time, he continues to grow in influence. Grow in influence. Because the king recognizes, man, like he says, the spirit of the gods is in this man. <laughs> right? The question is, that I wanna ask you, do you know your gift and are you exercising it? Your gift from God is always for the good of all. So the question is, what is your gift? And the thing is, like I say all the time, the great news that we have through faith in Jesus Christ is that if you don't know your gift, just ask. (laughs) Just ask, ask the Lord what your gift is, and how you can exercise it. The thing that's so amazing is that what happens is, is that there are ways in which God will help you discover and exercise your gift. For Daniel, I'm sure that's not how he imagined he would have had, you know, this his whole gift be kind of like unraveled, right? The guy was put literally in the hot soup, right? He was literally immersed in the in the situation. In a situation that was one, him says his gift was for the good of all. And the icing on the cake is that it led to him being tremendously blessed. Where it says that then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. So meaning that this... He, this gift that he, as he says this gift, not only is he just lavished with gifts, he now even has the opportunity to also hook up his homies whom he was praying with earlier to be able to help solve this mystery. How amazing is that? So the question is, do you know your gift? And are you exercising it? Are you exercising it? Now the third thing, That we can learn from this story. The third and final thing that we can learn from this story. There are many lessons. I only mentioned three. The third one is this: is that Daniel. What we see, that whenever he was faced with a difficult situation, he knew exactly who could fix it. Daniel knew God was his helper. When this situation happened. The first thing that he does is that he goes to the king and he tells the king that he will solve this problem for him. He just needs more time. He's like, man, I, I, listen, king, I, I just need some more time. But I'm going to fix this thing. Just give me some more time. I, 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 I know how to. And time to do what? Time to go and seek the Lord. He knew whom he could run to for help. He knew who could fix this problem. That's why the first thing he does is that he goes, he tells the king, then immediately he goes and he tells his friends, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray and talk to God about this difficult situation because we know that this guy is the revealer of mysteries. This very difficult situation, I know someone who can fix it. That's why he goes and he asks, what's the thing? What what has pissed off the king so much? Ah, it's that. He's like, immediately he hears about what the situation is. He's like, ah, I know someone who can fix this thing. So he immediately goes to the king, tells the king, hey, give me some more time. I'm going to be right back. Time to do what? Time to go and seek the Lord. He knew where to go for help. And this was his instinct, that he's just like, I know where to go for help. And the thing that's so interesting, this literally was Daniel's MO. This is how he operated. And it's no wonder why he was so successful. He was a man that literally consistently sought after God's help. Consistently. What we read in the chapter that we read last week in chapter 6, is that when there was a decree that had been published saying that for 30 days, no one could pray other than to the king. This is what it says in verse 10, that when Daniel learned the decree had been published, it doesn't say he then, when he saw that the decree had been published, it doesn't say he went to the king to complain about the decree. It doesn't say he went to his enemies to be like, why did you guys do this thing? It doesn't say that he was saddened and he sat there in despair because now his life was at risk. It doesn't say any of this. This is what it says. It says, now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, what does he do? He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. This was literally Daniel's reaction. And you see it also in this chapter too, that his reaction was not to figure out how he's going to fix this thing. His reaction was, I know who to go talk to. I know exactly who can help me fix this thing. Soon as he hears the situation, he gets on his knees. He knows where his help comes from. He gives thanks, and when they found him, they found him praying and asking God for help. Praying and asking God for help. You know, the thing is, when Daniel was presented before the king, he says, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But then Daniel says, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Daniel knew where to go. He didn't spend time grumbling and complaining about his misfortune. I mean, this is a guy who was just minding his business and now someone wants to kill him. No, he ran to God for help. He ran to God for help. You know, there's, 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 there's a. F- I, I've mentioned this story before. There's a friend of mine who is an incredible uh, musician, great musical producer, makes some of the most incredible tracks, like has done it for so many different people. And so for me, I kept going. Like, this I, I mean, I'm. I was so intrigued by, you know, this person and how they. Just how they're just like, you know, bang after banger, you know? And and so I went to him and I just asked him, so, you know, what's your process? Like, how do you, how are you able to like, you know, come up with all these like really amazing tracks and whatever? The guy literally told me, he's just like, ah, I usually just go and ask God for help. And that was it. Like that was that, that was that was his that was his his insight that was his magic his his magic that was his that was the reason why he was he was able to do because for him he's just like I know where my help comes from I know where my help comes from and so when it is a difficult situation I know where to go for help This is what Daniel did Daniel ran to God for help. He knew that God is an ever-present help in times of need. Proverbs 18 and verse 10 says to us that the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. We who are righteous by the blood of the Lamb, that our instinct is to be able to be those that run to the name of the Lord, that run to God. In whatever situation that we're in and so my question to you is this where do you run to when things get thick one of the things that happens for us is that we have been so conditioned and we've grown up in a conditioning of being people who us fix it people who fix it we're here to fix it I'm here I can fix this I can fix this Right? or Even if you're not a guy for fix-it, it's just like, where do you run to when things get thick? Is it to the wine? Is it to a certain thing that you run to? Is it to someone? Is it something that can numb the feelings, the pain, whatever it is, if it's a difficult situation? Where do you run to when you need help? who do you call first? Is it, yeah, I don't even look for, so, and then it's just like, at the final resort, it's just like, oh, let me go and pray. Psalm 46 and verse 1 says that God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. That when we're in trouble, He is an ever-present help. Where do you run to when you get weary? You know, I remember a few weeks ago, I was feeling so tired and I remember I, I just literally just you know, d- 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 you know the whole day I'd been feeling just tired and just you know mentally tired physically tired it wasn't that like I was you know like oh god like well, it was just like just 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 weariness just tired and I remember going to the gym and as, as I was parking um, you know I, I, I just parked my car and I just remember sitting there and just being like man what is this feeling and I was just like I remember thinking man I just feel so weary And at the moment when I had that thought of this kind of feeling weary and figuring out, like I remember at the time thinking, "Ah, maybe I need to go on a holiday. Maybe I need to take a break. Maybe I need to recharge, all these things. And then all of a sudden, this scripture came to mind as I was sitting there. I even had to go and Google, where is this? And it's in Isaiah 40, 29 to 31, where it says that he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. It says, even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And so when that scripture came to mind and I read it, I was like, oh, so wait, if I'm feeling weary, let me ask God for strength. Because it says here (laughs) that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Right? That in fact, the expectation is that even young guys will grow weary and tired. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And so, at that moment in time, when I was in the parking lot, I began to pray and I began to ask God, I was like, God, I'm so weary and tired. Would you give me the new strength? Would you renew my strength? Would you renew my strength, Father? And after I prayed that prayer, got out. It wasn't like now, I was just like, yeah. And no, I just like, I got out, went, worked out. Now, listen, this was just a couple of weeks ago. And to be honest, I have no idea how my strength was renewed, but I can assure you it was. And I'm not even sure when the weariness stopped. I'm not even quite sure when it went away, but I just knew it did. And the thing was, is that my, th- th- that's the thing in terms of like, where do you go for help? Where do you go for help? You know, one of the most incredible gifts that I have received, that, that the, no, that no, 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 I have received, that we have received, you know, on account of our faith in Christ Jesus is the Holy Spirit. This is the most incredible gift. This is literally God's ever-present help with us. We don't have to pray facing, you know, the thing that's so beautiful now is that, you know, unlike Daniel, we don't have to pray facing any direction, you know, facing Jerusalem. We don't, we don't need a priest. We don't need to go seek a priest so that we can gain access to God. God is ever present with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And this is through his Holy Spirit who is our helper. You know, the thing that's so amazing is that God literally could not be even, could not be more literal about how he desires for us to come to him. Literally, he says that we, he, that he has sent us his helper. He literally refers to the Holy Spirit as the helper. In John 15 and 26 where he says, When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, namely the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father. God literally has come and coined his holy presence as help. Literally. You have a helper. And this is why. Because God wants us to come to him for help all the time. Like God is literally saying to us, come to me for all the help that you need. Come to me. If there's anything that is on your mind that is troubling your mind, come and talk to me about it. Come and present the things that it is that you need from me and I will help you. You know, one of the things that used to happen before for me is that Whenever God would reveal a weakness in me, or whenever I'd find a weakness in me, my initial reaction was first it would be like extreme remorse, like oh my gosh, I, you know, I'm feeling bad for being such a terrible person. And then the next thing would be to confess my sin before the Lord and be like, Lord, I'm so sorry that I've been this guy. And then the next thing, the third thing would be then now would be to figure out how to change that negative trait. So I'd be like, you know, how do how can I how can I make sure that I can be a better, you know, um, I, I need to be a better steward or or I. Really I, I lack patience. How can I be more patient? Um, how, how can I be more loving? How can I be all these things? But then the thing that's so amazing is that this was my journey. And then what happened is that God took me through a journey of helping me, not, but helping me understand the gospel. That Jesus Christ has already paid the ultimate price for that weakness that was, that has been revealed in me. And that on that cross, he forgave me of my sin. And because of my faith in Him and what He has already done for me, I am free and made holy. And not only am I free, but He has also gifted me His Holy Spirit that I may be able to conform to that holiness that He has literally purchased for me. That holiness that I've attained through Christ Jesus, that he's able to conform me. And what this means, what this has meant for me, what that meant for me is that now every single time I see or there's a weakness that is revealed in me, the reaction is one of literal rejoicing because I have help. and, And so what this basically means is that now I'm able to be like, oh man, I just realized that I have an issue with patience. I can go talk to God about it. He will help me. I have an issue with lust. I can go talk to God about it. I have an issue with self-discipline. I can go to God with this. I have an issue with loving other people. I can go talk to God about this. I have an issue with loving God. I can go talk to God about this. Like literally any weakness that is found in me because he says that, my, that his strength is perfected in my weakness. That when I am weak, I am actually strong because I can go to him. And he will help me. He will help me. Friends, I have been practicing this and it's incredible. One of the greatest miracles that I have witnessed over the past year has been my own transformation where when I began to talk to God about my weaknesses, mentioning them one by one, that now when he begins to reveal, and that's the thing that's so amazing, so the Holy Spirit comes and he illuminates your heart, and he begins to show you, you know, you have an issue with this, you know, you have an issue with this, and you begin to see that you have all these things that need to be dealt with, but the rather... The Holy Spirit is not revealing those things in you so that you can go and fix them. He's revealing them to you so that you can go and pray about those things. That you can go and then talk to him about it and tell him, I need your help. I need your help to become more patient. And mentioning these things one by one and asking for his help. And I would talk to him about my lack of patience, my lack of self-control. And then the thing that's so amazing is where you begin to literally witness God transforming you. All of a sudden, you're in a situation and you're wondering, hey, when did I become this patient? You're in a situation, you're like, hey, man, I used to tell Ezra here, how to, when did I become so disciplined in this? And so now it's become that thing for like, where? It's like any deficiency that I find, I'm like, ah, I know where to go for help. I know exactly who will help me fix this thing. This was Daniel. Daniel lived his life. Through and through, knowing that he had help. That there is a God in heaven who hears and who will help. Who will help? And literally what happens is that even the the witness, you just begin to see yourself beginning to just be there. You're just like, who's this guy? Who's this person who's just being this thing? We have help. We have help. And so now when you discover a weakness in you, joyfully run to the Lord, whatever it is, because you have help. The other day, I remember hearing someone talking about, you know, stewardship, that, you know, we need to be better stewards. And I remember thinking, man, I'm such a bad steward of resources. And immediately I had that thought. I was just like, but I know who to go to to help me with this. <laughs> I was like, I know who to talk to about this thing. I know exactly where to go to. And so now I literally sit down and evaluate my life to see what are the areas in which I can go and ask God for help, where I'm just like, I see a weakness here. I'm going to talk to God about this thing. I'm going to talk to God about it. The thing is this, my friends, is that you have a helper. You have someone who is there to help you. And this is a gift from God. This is literally what Christ Jesus came and did for you. Is that he went and he died on a cross and he imparted his holiness upon gives you his Holy Spirit that you may have help every single time anything that he reveals in you you have help you have help and it saddens me that for anyone who is listening right now if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ where is your help coming from and I want to spend this time as I close to invite you into a relationship with Jesus Christ to invite you into a relationship that will transform your life. Why? Because he is our ever-present help. He is our ever-present help. That not only does he redeem us from eternal judgment, he is also the one who transforms us and that transformation is divine miraculous and all we need to do is go and ask if it's patience that you like you go and ask for patience if it's anger issues that you have you go and you bring your anger and you say lord i have anger issues i have anger issues and the thing is is for us to be as relentless as the widow if you remember the the, the, the persistent widow who continuously went and asked and asked and asked and this is what God is saying to us. That do not tire in coming to ask me for help. Do not tire in coming to ask me for help. I am here to help you. And I want to invite you. If you're listening and you do have not put your faith in Christ Jesus, I want to invite you today to believe in Jesus Christ who by putting your faith in him from this day forward he will transform your life and he will help you every single day to be better to grow and be better this is our God and if you're that person I want you to pray this prayer with me that Lord Jesus I believe that you are Lord I believe that you died and rose again that I may have my sins forgiven. I put my trust in you. I put my hope in you. Come and make your home in me. Change me. Transform me. I am now yours. In jesus name amen if you prayed that prayer i want you to go over there into the co- into the caption not the cap, yes yes the dis- caption of this video and i want you to be able to just click on the whatsapp send us a message and tell us about the decision that you have made and we're here to walk with you and just stay remembering that through this journey and even if you've already put your faith in christ that through this journey we have help and so be encouraged and rejoice in your weaknesses because we have help we have help god bless you guys catch you again next week hey guys thank you so much for watching listen if this message blessed you please be sure to share with someone whom you love share with a friend a colleague anyone and then also listen support us support this ministry so that we can be able to make more dope content and be able to spread this message of the kingdom to as many people as possible. And then, make sure that you subscribe. Sawa, subscribe. Subscribe, wherever the button, subscribe, subscribe. God bless you guys.